0: Welcome to the Wanderlust Journal podcast, based upon great storytelling. We'll be sharing adventures, recommendations, and tips for the aspiring writer. I'm your host, Sarah Leamy. I am a wanderer since I was a teenager hitching across France. I usually travel alone with dogs and in various vehicles. I'm the author of Van Life, Bring a Chainsaw, and numerous others. And I have a master's degree in writing and publishing, so you are in good hands today. If you'd like to hear more, simply subscribe, stick around, and we'll take you around the world. Hello, everybody. Today is episode eight, and series yeah, episode eight. And um, a little tongue in cheek, I am going to call this one "Let It Snow." You see, it's all relative. Here I am. I'm recording on location in Baja California Sur, in Mexico, and it's fifties at night. And I have a heater on, and I'm wearing socks and. Myself and the various other people around were all complaining about how cold it is, how cold it is. And then I ended up picking up a book by Keith Billington, and it's called House Calls by Dog Sled. So we're just going to dive straight into that. It was cold, and I was exhausted and close to panic. I was lost. Earlier that morning, I had been filled with confidence at the prospect of traveling the 38 miles from Fort McPherson to Arctic Red River by a dog seam by myself i had already made the journey twice previously with a guide when daylight was almost non-existent and when the lone trail between the two communities had looked quite straightforward. Now I was all alone, my dogs were tired and I was exhausted. i had left a dead dog on the trail some distance back and now I sat wearily on my toboggan and assessed my plight, my sense of adventure rapidly waning along with my body temperature. This was meant to have been a routine visit to Arctic Red River. To look after any sick people, immunise the children, or to do any of the 101 things the community health nurses like myself do daily throughout the North. In the darkness of the early morning, I would loaded my dog toboggan and hitched up the team of five dogs that had been loaned to me by William Firth. After I'd asked him if I'd be able to handle them on my own, he reassured me, ''Don't worry, they won't take off on you, and they only have two speeds, slow and stop.'' And he gave a little chuckle as he told me his joke. Mentally, I ticked off the supplies that I had to take, food, flashlight, matches and kerosene, and checked that my sleeping bag, axe and snowshoes were fastened securely to the toboggan. Then grabbing the handles on the backrest, I stood at the back of the toboggan and yelled, All right! at the excited dogs. Turning to wave to Muriel, who stood shivering in the cold morning air, was nearly my undoing or my unfooting, because the dogs instantly quietened and then, as one, they pulled the toboggan out of the yard with me hastily gripping the backrest again as we hurtled down the main road as though being chased by monsters. The dogs soon clo- slowed to a trot, a pace that was faster than my walk, so I jogged for a few minutes then jumped onto the toboggan whenever I needed to catch my breath. Ahead of me the 38 miles of trail lay over 39 lakes and portages. By lunchtime I'd reached the halfway point at a little lake called Fish Lake, where the local police had erected a small tent frame as a place to stay when they were on patrol. The shelter consisted of plywood walls and a ridge pole over which a canvas tent had been stretched. A tin stove stood in the middle of the dirt floor and the stove pipe went out through the roof. This was the only man-made shelter on the trail, and nearly everyone who used the trail stopped here for a rest and a warm-up. I carried a tin with some rags soaked in kerosene, and very soon I had a fire going in the stove and some tea brewing. I remembered the last time my guide and I had passed this way and I'd found a gallon can that I thought might have some fuel in it and proceeded to unscrew the top of the cap. Sensing that the cap was broken, I looked down at my gloved hand and saw that the mouse had crawled into the spout, got its head stuck and had died there, and I was trying to unscrew the mouse's head off the spout. I dropped the can in disgust, and even knowing that the mouse had been dead a long time and was frozen solid, I was squeamish about trying to pull its head off. It was just getting dark in the mid-afternoon when I saw a dirty pile of snow ahead. A bulldozer had made a fresh, wide road that intersected the trail where I'd been following. I also found that my trail turned onto this new road, but in the increasing darkness it was impossible to see whether the trail I was following turned south or north here. And so he carries on. So this book is actually pretty fascinating. It's Keith Billington and his wife Muriel. Arrived in the Northwest Territories at the outpost of Fort McPherson, which was seventeen hundred miles north of Edmonton in Canada. In and they were out in mid-September, nineteen sixty-four. They were f- from England and they were fresh at a nurse school, and they had come to be um, the young professionals and to be the medical help for those small communities up there. And so this story is really well written. It's it's a pretty thick book. It's you know it's, let's see three four hundred pages. Uh, 340 pages, and he writes really well, it's fascinating, and rather than being a chronological I did this, I did this kind of a story, he breaks it up into each chapter almost as a theme or a season, and so for people that are interested in memoirs or writing about their travels... that works really well. I recommend it. Rather than we did this, then we did this, then we did this, then we did this, then we did this kind of writing, which to be honest, I find rather boring. Um, I suggest you play with it. Each Think of different themes, think of different ideas that you want to convey and pull them across. So that was the first one I wanted to share with you today. And the second one I... I'm going to go straight into. And I'll give you the link in the website. This is Polar Preet, polapreet.com. She is walking across the Arctic on her own right now in December 2022. And so here's a little piece from her blog, December 4th, 2022. Hi everyone, day 21. So this is a mentally a difficult trip. I can't see anything on the horizon. I follow the bearing, the direction of travel on my compass, but I can't see anything in front of me. Last year it brought all my deepest, darkest thoughts to the front and I couldn't run away from them. It was difficult knowing if I was going to likely face this again. Personally, I struggled with those and put barriers and boundaries in my way, made it harder for me to push them. It is even more difficult when the same individuals try to take credit for your success." Something that helped me was realizing that forgiving people does not mean you had to have them in your life. It is difficult having those that drain you in your life, and it has made me better to know that I have taken a step away from such individuals. It's not always easy. Now, in the dark moments, I literally stake one step at a time. I've been working with Base Camp Food for over a year and a half, and they've been amazing. I found them online and contacted them in July 2021 to see if they'd be interested in working together. And they are. So let me see. I wanted to tell you about what she's doing. So basically, she describes this is what she's doing in her own words. I am now in Antarctica on my solo unsupported expedition across the continent via the South Pole. This involves me travelling over 1100 miles, pulling a pulk, which is a sledge, with all my kit, battling temperatures of up to minus 50 degrees centigrade and wind speeds of up to 60 miles per hour. This journey will take approximately 70 to 75 days. Three years ago, I did not know much about Antarctica and and that is what inspired me to go there. Hopefully doing something that pushed me so far out of my comfort zone, it would inspire others to believe in themselves and to push their own boundaries. After 40 days alone on the ice, I completed my 700-mile journey to the South Pole on January 2022. This was phase one of my expedition. I am now in phase two. And on the website, you can actually click up and see live tracking, and you can also click on the map to hear her daily voice blogs. And I've discovered that the voice blogs are actually pretty short just to checking in. I'm here. I'm tired. I haven't been able to see much. Um, So when she was asked why she's doing this, oh, so far she's done, let's see, today is December 16th, 2022, and she has done 388.5 miles so far in 32 days, and it's minus 19 degrees centigrade which puts into perspective me bitching about it being um, 50 degrees centigrade and I'm in a sweatshirt with socks and boots in Mexico. Anyway, so she says, Antarctica is the coldest, highest, driest and windiest continent on the earth. Nobody lives there permanently. When I reached the South Pole earlier this year, I said on my blog post, I don't want to just break the glass ceiling. I want to smash it into a million pieces. I was told no on many occasions, called stubborn or rebellious because I wanted to do things that were out of the norm and to push my boundaries. I want to encourage others to push their boundaries. It is amazing how much your world opens up when you start to do so. No boundary or barrier is too small and I want to continue to smash that glass ceiling. I became the first woman of colour to do a solo expedition in Antarctica earlier this year. There are still only a few female adventurers that have completed a solo and supported track in Antarctica. Let's continue to make history. Nothing is impossible, she said. I've always had this idea that I can achieve something great, something that allows me to become a role model. I want my 11-year-old niece to grow up without boundaries, knowing the possibilities of what you can achieve in life are endless. This journey aims to inspire future generations in achieving whatever they desire and encourage others to push their boundaries. And again, this is Polar Preet, and her website is Polapreet.com. And so I'm going to give you the link in the notes, in the show notes, so that you can follow along, because it's pretty fascinating. And she really does there is a map it's a tracking map and you click on the little icon and you can hear her voice as she basically checks in and lets people know that she's okay and she's doing what she wants to do and loving it and she is a role model so thank you very much Paula breet and i believe it was tiffany coates that turned me onto her and she's the motorcyclist that i refer to quite a bit the one that tries to play ho- tried to play hockey against me when i was a teenager actually her team probably won and so lastly I wanted to um, give you something slightly different. It's from New Mexico in 1999, and it's from New Mexico. So cold, mountains, elevation about 7,000 feet. And friends there right now are telling me that it's been snowy and below freezing. And so here's something um, from a few years ago. Snow stuck on the side of the Ortiz Mountains, four miles to get home, and it was late at night, 11 or maybe even later, and there was no choice. Rooting around in the back of the wagon, a two-wheel drive piece of shit, you layered up. Everything you had, you wore. Hats, scarves, two extra t-shirts, two pairs of socks, more gloves, one over the other, another coat, another sweater, and that was that. Locking up, you tried not to think about it. And now this, a snowstorm. At least the sky had cleared up for exactly eight minutes. The moon lit the road ahead for you to stride up another mile. In theory stride, but it's more of a shuffle. Follow the tracks for another three miles. Hope to find the gate under the drifts. Climb it if needed. And struggle for that final quarter mile so close, you're almost home, home to the cabin, no choice, so you walked, jeans tucked in boots, hands deep in jacket, you trumped through the untouched snowblanks on the way home, singing your mum's songs, rich and ripe with thoughts of warm beds and her smiling eyes and cool hands tucking you in, patting the hot water bottle, saying good night to the teddy bear peeking out of the covers, her pale blue eyes and shy voice singing to you, and so, deeply, darkly chilled, you walk and you sing, breathing hard, for. Miles, in the wondrous storm of body and memory, comfort and cold, you walk home. But there's no one there, though not now. It's just you and the dogs, and that's why you had to come home tonight for them. Your sweet, cold, bored, hungry, lones, lonely, silly, furry, loyal, and loving dogs stuck inside. And then, with the door open, they barrel past you, noses to snoses and you laugh in the midnight air. Falling snow tickles your cheeks, and your dogs run free, and you sing for them, just like a normal kid. You play and you sing. so that was actually from a book called Stay that is coming out in 2023 with Madville Press. And it is a memoir by me, uh, Sarah Leamy. So that's a little shameless plug. I'll put the link below. So that's it for today. Three little pieces all about snow, all about the cold. I hope you are staying warm out there. And if you did want to go somewhere slightly warmer in January this year, next month, there is a van life, um, van gathering, or for campers, overlanding gathering called Escapar a Baja. And it is going to be at the free beach at El Tecolote near La Paz in southern Baja, California. It's a free event on the beach. It's a gorgeous space. It gets pretty busy at this event, so... I don't know. It's not for me, but it might be for you. It'll be warm. You'll be able to play in the water, turquoise water, beautiful big beach. And um, La Paz is a great town, great city to explore. The malecon, the boardwalk that is, and the plazas and the church and the architecture are just wonderful. So if you can, go to Escapa Baja in your van and go camping. And if not, wherever you are, I hope you stay warm. I hope you have a wonderful New Year and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. If you'd like to find out more about either Wanderlust Journal or myself and my books, you'll find the links in the episode notes below. That's saralimi.com and wanderlust.com. It's all completely free. If you're interested in supporting The Wanderlust Journal and keeping it free for everyone who wants to publish, read or hear these travel stories, there is also a link to the Buy Me A Coffee page below. You can also support by subscribing to this podcast or following me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube on instagram it's at dirt roads and dogs and otherwise you'll find me under sarah leamy so hyperlinks are below in the notes and once again thanks again take care and we'll talk to you soon